Make His Name Known is a ministry that exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to make known the authority and supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things to all peoples, exalting the name of Jesus Christ through expositional preaching, teaching, evangelism, and media content. Be edified by sermons, podcasts, videos, and more. Subscribe to our content and help us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Well, welcome everybody and welcome to the Make His Name Known podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm Leah. And so glad you've joined us today. Uh, today is a rainy day. Yep. It is raining outside. We were just talking about how if you hear something in the background, it might sound like a tranquil fountain, hopefully. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tranquil fountain behind the studio garage yeah. behind us. So behind that fan behind me, there's, it's really just, just like a little flip of a, uh, a flap there, and, and you can see outside. So yep. there's not much blocking, blocking the sound. So if you hear some water, it's not your roof leaking. It's probably us over here. <laughs> right. All right. So uh, we are uh, still playing around with our camera equipment and uh, moving some cameras around. I'm not going to show the one of Leah that I have because it's a terrible no. view. Not because Leah uh, <laughs> looks terrible. It's just uh, the camera's just not working good for us. So we've got to do something else with that. Um, but anyway, we have uh, a little bit different angles. Uh, more than likely, we'll keep this angle right here because you're in the picture. And then this one's just a picture of me. Well, it's, it's a good picture. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, oh, this, boy. this is better. <laughs> this is better because it's the both of us sure. together in, in one, the way it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. Okay. One flesh. One flesh. One flesh. So uh, thank you guys for joining us today. We're on Facebook Live right now. Uh, for those of you that don't know about us, my name's Kevin. This is Leah. She's my wife. She kind of hangs out with me sometimes, right? All the time. All the time. <laughs> and uh, we have three beautiful children. We have three girls. We have um, a 14-year-old, almost a 10-year-old, and a 3-year-old. Yep. And uh, we have two dogs. Uh, <laughs> one's name is Blue, and uh, the other one is Izzy. I almost forgot. Oh, I, f I forgot. We have... We have birds too, right? Seven parakeets. We have seven parakeets. That was not my decision. Mm. It was a bad decision. It was your decision. <laughs> it was mine. <laughs> and you don't like birds. Tell them how that all came about, how we had seven parakeets, and you don't like birds. No, I've never so. liked birds. I have, um, I, I don't know if it's rational or irrational fear of birds, but I've had that fear my whole life, and... Um, Kevin grew up with pet birds and the kids begged and begged and begged and begged and I was like no no birds ever because I'll have to leave and then I don't know what happened I just broke down one day and was like fine we'll do it and then they got two and Bella bought it with her birthday money and they were really sweet mm -hmm. and then there was a lady on Facebook who was looking to rehome two more 
And I was like, okay, we'll get two more. And then one of those passed away. And then Graceland got another one for her birthday to replace the one that passed away. And then another lovely friend said she had three birds and they were looking for a home. And I was like, sure. What's seven birds? So we have seven parakeets. parakeets. And they're all very cute and very lovely. But seven is a bit too many, I believe. (laughs) Yes, it's too many. Yeah. Yes. They're really pretty, though. I would have said one was I'm too not many. afraid of them. Well, I won't say not <laughs> afraid, but it's getting better. Yes. Getting better. I remember a time when, like, we went to Bush Gardens in Florida, mm. and you had the bird. That was not like, cool. you wouldn't, you wouldn't even get near them. They had the big nets and yeah. all the birds in there, and you're like, get me out of here. I think it stems from living in Florida when seagulls would dive at your head and take your food out of your hand and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it kind of all started. <laughs> <laughs> Did, just a, it's a childhood thing that happened. I guess. Trauma. I don't know. It's just irrational, yeah. like I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get to it. So uh, today's podcast is called Human Condition. I think that's what we named it. Human Condition. And um, so we're talking, no, not human condition. Condition man. Uh, human, uh, is it human heart? Heart condition. Condition of man's heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's heart condition, sorry. Yeah, yeah. human Something. condition, heart condition, same thing, yeah. Sure. So uh, heart condition, that's what it was. That's condition what I named it. Condition of the it. heart, yeah. Yeah. All right, so heart condition. And so the text that I have uh, just read out of Romans chapter 3 it's verses 10 uh, through uh, 18, uh, talks about uh, the condition of every, uh, all mankind, all women, all men, and uh, all of mankind. And uh, the Apostle Paul is rounding, rounding up um, his gauntlet of uh, letting everyone know that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. And... Um, you know, Romans 1 is a, is a popular area of Scripture that we, we go to quite often. And it talks about, um, of course, in the, in the beginning part, it, it, Romans 1.16 talks about, uh, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, for in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And then Paul goes into a hard left, and he goes right into uh, God's wrath on unrighteousness. And um, so we talk about this section of Scripture quite often, uh, especially um, since we've been on on uh, the road uh, evangelizing and street preaching and at the abortion mill. And, and what we're uh, addressing in these texts, the Apostle Paul's addressing, and what we what we tell people is that... Um, you'll see in these next few verses, verse 18 through the rest of the chapter, the Apostle Paul is talking about what happens to mankind when they reject God, when they say there is no God, I don't believe in God, and um, I want to do, I want to live life my way. Mm-hmm. I want to live my truth, right? And uh, that's a popular phrase today. I want to live my truth, where my truth is this, or my truth is that. And um, the thing is, is there is only one truth. We mm-hmm. talk a lot about that on this podcast. And what happens is, is that um, man knows that God exists, 
right? The Bible tells us that, that, that God has made himself known to all of creation, yet man does not want God in his thinking, and so man rejects God, and so God gives him over to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And so it's a, it's a judgment here on earth right now. Mm-hmm. It's a judgment before the judgment uh, of, of what happens to a, a person and a whole society that rejects God. I like yeah. the analogy that you use with the, the uh, beach ball. Mm-hmm. When, you know, you suppress the truth and it's like pushing the beach ball under the water. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep it down. I think that was Greg Bonson that okay. uh, first that wasn't said that. Yours that then. wasn't mine. But I've heard you say it before. So. But it's a very good one. Yeah, I love that analogy. It's a good one. Like you don't want you don't want God in your thinking, right? And so you push him away and you suppress him away and you push him down. And it's kind of like pressing down a beach ball in a pool. Mm-hmm. And what happens is is when you push that down, eventually it slips and it pops you right back in the yeah. face. He's everywhere. He's in everything. Yep. And so like you can't know anything without first starting with God. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is people will try to make argumentation uh, for their uh, non-existence of God or why they they think a certain way about something. And then they always have to pull from the biblical worldview. They always have to uh, pull from the Christian worldview to, to make sense of what they're trying to say. And, um, and so that's a, a way of being able to show the unbeliever, like, look, you reject God, but you can't make any sense of anything. You can't, uh, you can't reason. You don't have no logic outside of God. Mm-hmm. And so when they have to keep pulling that in, it's like that beach ball popping you right in the face all the time. So you can say God doesn't exist, but you know that he does, right. and he's made himself known to you. And so that's what the name of the podcast is, is make his name known. Right. God's doing that, but uh, us as believers, as uh, servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we, uh, we make his name known through, uh, through every way that we live. Um, we try to anyway, and, um, and we try to glorify God with this podcast, uh, with the videos and all the things that we do. Uh, and so... The reason why I went back uh, to Romans 1 is because, really, I want to encourage you, our viewers, to, to get into Romans 1 and just read it and, and take some time and let it flow. Go to Romans 1, Romans 2, Romans 3, and, um, and what you'll see, and a lot of times people don't hit Romans 2, but after all this indictment on, uh, on what happens to people who reject God, he goes into uh, chapter 2, and it says, uh, Therefore you... Have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges for passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you judge uh, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. So do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Well, that's bold from Paul mm-hmm. because Paul had just been talking about those who commit sexual immorality and having homosexual relationships, men with men, women with women, doing all sorts of types of things. He's talking about how they're, um, they, are, uh, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to their parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Uh, they know God is righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. That yeah, I'm sorry. They not only do them, uh, but give approval to those who practice them. Mm-hmm. This is this is the Romans one crowd. Mm-hmm. But then Paul flips the script and he's talking to the Jewish believers and he's saying, "You you curse these people. You judge these people. You condemn these people." 
but you do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You're doing the same thing. And he's saying, like, don't you think that the judgment of God's going to fall on you too? Right? And so Paul goes uh, into it, and, and he talks about how everyone is this way to a certain degree. Right. So not everyone has committed exactly the same sin, per se, but, um, but we, have, we have all sinned, sure. right? We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, God is perfect, and we are not. We are far from perfect. We are wicked, right? We, we are evil. And, um, and I know that's probably pretty, um, uh, that's something to probably hear if you're not used to hearing that. Um, but when we were on the street uh, at the abortion mill this uh, Saturday, um, a brother of ours was, uh, was talking to uh, one of the young ladies out there, and we actually have a video on it. It's called One Mediator. And, uh, and Zach had said to the young lady, look, you're not good. Yeah. And when he said that to her, her face was like, what? What did you just say? And, and she was like, like appalled by it, that, mm -hmm. she, that he actually said, you're not good. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of times growing up, you know, you're so good, you're a good kid, you do the best you can, right? Blah, 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 blah. And we, we're so prideful in the things that we do, mm -hmm. right? And uh, a lot of times we look at people and say, well, I'm not as bad as that person. Sure. Right. And that's what Paul's saying. He's like, yeah, you might say, you know, this, that, and the other about that person, but here's the thing. You could admit adultery, yeah. right? You murder people, right? You might not have actually taken someone's life, but you've murdered their character, right? Uh, you might not have had actual physical adultery with a woman or a man, but you've lusted after someone, mm -hmm. right? You've looked at somebody with a, with a lustful intent, right? Uh, you, you, you might not lie uh, all the time, but I guarantee you, you've told at least one lie in your life, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, you, you, you condemn these people, but you're, you're just as bad. Before God, you're, you're punished. You're, you're, you deserve to be punished. Yep. The wrath of God abides on you as well. And so uh, Paul goes into saying, look, no one is righteous. No, not one. And um, not one, right? No one is righteous. No, not one. And then he says, no one understands. And no one seeks after God. You know, a lot of times people will say, and I even said this uh, early on uh, w when I became a believer, that I was seeking after God. Um, but the reality is, once you learn about uh, uh, what God does, uh, he, He's seeking after you. Uh, you think that you're seeking after God, that you have this desire to know who God is. But the reality is, it's God drawing you in. Yeah. And, um, and so no one understands. No one seeks after God. That means no one. And all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So he's saying that nothing we do is good, right? Everything that we do is nothing but uh, filthy rags, the Bible says. And so uh, it reminds me of what Jesus said uh, to the rich young ruler. He said, um, uh, what must I do? Uh, I'm sorry, the rich young ruler says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Mm -hmm. And he says, you must be perfect, Jesus says to him. You know, keep the commandments. And, um, you know, long story short, basically, he's saying there's no one good but God, mm -hmm. right? And, and you can't keep them, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and so God is the only perfect one. And, uh, and so he says, their throat is an open grave. So, I mean, their throat is an open grave, meaning, like, nothing comes out of the person's mouth except for death. Um, <laughs> They, they use their tongues to deceive. Uh, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. Is it not? Yeah. Uh, they, we, pe people 
deceive people. The venom of asps is under their lips. So he's going real deep now, right? Uh, the mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Um, their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery. Um, verse 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. Um, something um, that many people know that has just happened um, down in Texas. A horrible, terrible situation where... Um, this person uh, goes and and he kills what twenty one people. Yeah, I think it was eighteen children, children three adults, and, and, and teachers. Yeah. And um, and the question is always like, how could someone do such a terrible thing? Yeah. What is it that happened to him? Um, why would he do it for? Uh, what's the heart condition behind why someone would go and kill innocent people, innocent little children? Uh, what is the motive behind it? And that's where our mind starts to go. Like, why do people do these types of things? Yeah. And, um, and the heart condition, the motive, the desire, right, is, is, is what? Well, we're reading it right here. This is the condition of the human, of the human being. Um, I would say that this is, this is the condition of every human being. I could say, I think truth accurately that it would go farther one way or another, right? Um, you, you could say that the person that did do this to these people, that did kill these people, is further down the spectrum than another, right? But all of us have are in the same boat as, as, that, as that person. Yeah. You know, some people would say, no, I'm not like that guy, right? I'm not like him. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is the Bible tells us that we are all this way we're we're quick to shed blood mm -hmm. right and we're we're ready to lie and deceive right we're not good right right and paul's telling us you can condemn such people you can condemn murderers and you can condemn liars and you can con condemn these people who do all these uh crazy sexual immoral type of things but you're just like them yep right and uh you might not have actually done exactly the same thing but he's saying this is the human condition. Yes. This is the human condition. And he says their feet are swift to shed blood and their paths are ruin and misery in the way of peace they have not known. And then there is no fear of God before their eyes. And so this is the condition of the human being where um, they don't know peace. Mm -hmm. They don't know the way of peace. We know the way of peace right? Yep. The way of peace is Jesus Christ, right? right? And, um, but there is no fear of God before their eyes. And uh, I would say that that is accurate, mm -hmm. right? Why do people break God's law, right? Because that's what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Why do people sin? It's ultimately because they don't fear God, yep. right? It's because they don't care, mm -hmm. right? They, they're, they're dead, right? Uh, they're numb. A lot of times people will say that, like, I'm numb to that, right? Right. Um, simple illustration would be, um, you remember a long time ago, well, not even a long time ago, but, you know, we used to watch some terrible movies, Yeah. right? And um, we used to watch movies with all types of crazy stuff in there, terrible, horrible things we would never watch now. People being killed and sexual content and all of that type of stuff. And we could watch those things and it wouldn't really bother us. Right. Correct? Mm -hmm. And we could say that, that we were numb to those things. Sure. And you can accurately say that we had no fear of God. Yeah. 
because we were doing the very thing. We were breaking God's law all the time. It was just, it was in our nature to do so. Mm-hmm. Yet we didn't fear the judgment. We didn't fear that God was going to, to punish us for what we were doing. Right. Right. And so, you know, we, we might we might lose viewers with this. I, I understand that. But I'm trying to be truthful and honest because we are so quick to point the finger at someone else and say, mm-hmm. you know, they deserve it. Sure. Right. We're so quick to point a finger at Hitler or we're so quick to point the finger at the worst person we could possibly think of. Sure. But the reality is Paul's trying to say you need to be pointing a finger at yourself. Yeah. And um, until you see yourself when you read this and you say, that's me, yep. that's me, that's me, that's me, yet that's me, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've not, you've not realized it yet, right? Your eyes have not been opened to the, the depravity of who you are. And, and by the grace of God, God does that through his grace to show us how terrible we are. And he doesn't even show us how terrible we really are because it would probably destroy us. It would kill us, but he shows us enough. Right. And then, um, and then he gets into the good stuff and we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. Uh, do you have something to add to this scripture or what we're talking about here? Um, quite a few thoughts crossed my mind when you were talking and nothing really specific to, to add just, uh, an agreeance with, of course, what you were saying. And, um, I think that was one thing before God saved me that, you know, I was always looking at other people. I was very self-righteous. Uh, that one's thunder. That's, that's not, the Lord right that there. is not the, the <laughs> fountain. That's the, that was not the fountain. <laughs> um, but just very self-righteous and always looking at other people thinking, well, I'm not as bad as them, or, mm-hmm. um, I don't do those type of things. And, then God really humbles you and and you realize I, I'm worse than I thought I, I ever thought, you mm-hmm. know. And that's just that's humbling. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's and I say that's the grace of God because uh, when that's revealed to us, then we're um I say it this way, like when you get to the end of chapter three, it's like Paul like through the word of God and and, and he's putting you in a prison. And um, by the time you get to the end of this right here, you get to the end of verse uh, 18, you basically feel like you have no way out. Mm-hmm. Like there's nowhere to go, right? And, and you're basically caged all the way in. And then you try to dig down and there's just concrete below you. There's no way out, right? And you go this way and you go that way and you go this way and you go that way, right? And, and it goes on in verse 19. It says, now we know that whatever the law says it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. And so uh, the law of God, and we won't get into a whole a lot with this, but the law of God is a tutor to point us to Christ. It's a, it's a mirror to show us that we've broken God's law. Mm-hmm. And and that because we've broken God's law, there's going to be a punishment for the law breaking, right? For our sin, mm-hmm. right? And that's what the law is meant to do, right? We cannot earn favor with God. We cannot uh, earn peace with God through the law. We cannot earn salvation mm-hmm. at all. No. Zero. It is not something that we earn whatsoever, but it is a free gift, yep. right? 
And until we see ourselves the way the Bible tells us, the way we really are, right, then we don't understand the gospel. We don't understand our need for a Savior. We don't understand that we have a heart condition, right, that needs a cure or we're going to die, right? And the only way for us to be uh, saved from uh, from death, from eternal separation, from condemnation, right, because of our sin, the punishment of sin, is Christ, mm-hmm. right? And so the law of God is there to show us that we've broken the law, right? And then it says, but now, verse 21, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So I'll pause there for a moment. So that word uh, righteous, or I'm sorry, that word uh, justified, right? That word justified means to be declared righteous by God. Mm -hmm. That is what we need. We need to be declared righteous, right? We are not righteous, right? Uh, In our flesh, in 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 our sinful humanity, we have a heart condition and we have a nature that is bent towards sin. And, and, and you have to be honest. You have to be honest. You could say, no, not me. I don't agree, right? But maybe, maybe you do. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Bible is true and what the Bible tells us about who we are is true. And until we come to the end of ourselves and we say, yes, I am this person. Yes, yeah. I am a sinner. Yes, I have a heart condition and, and I'm going to die and I'm going to be judged by God because I've broken his law. And he's going to throw me in hell. Yeah. I'm going to receive the wrath of God. It's going to fall upon me because I know that I've sinned against the righteous and holy God. And the, the thing is, is that people think that God's just going to look the other way. Sure. Right. That um, he's 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 made a way. It's through Jesus. But we can just we can do whatever we want to do. Right. We, we just keep on living our life. Tip our hat to Jesus. But the but the fact of the matter is is that God must punish sin, right? And the way he punishes sin is in two ways. One way is through uh, the judgment and the punishment and the condemnation and wrath falling upon a guilty sinner because of their sin. Mm-hmm. And they are separated from God for eternity in hell. All right, that when that, the Bible says that it's appointed each man to die, then comes the judgment, Right. And then there comes the second death, right? But for those, the, the second way that God uh, uh, punishes sin is through his son. And so through Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the son of God, the second person of the Trinity, born through a virgin, lived a perfect sinless life, fulfilled the law that we we're talking about that we've all broken, fulfilled it perfectly. Mm-hmm died on the cross for our sins. But what happened on the cross wasn't only that he was be- that he was beaten and whipped and torn to pieces, right? But that the wrath of God, the punishment that that guilty sinners that we all deserve fell upon the son. The father poured his wrath upon the son, mm-hmm. right? And it appeased the father's 
wrath. He, he, all the punishment that you deserve for every sin that you've ever have done fell upon Christ. Right. Right. And that's where it says after verse 24 and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And so that word propitiation means an appeasement, right? It pleased God to crush his son for us. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's hard to wrap our brains around that, that God the Father would be pleased in punishing his son, but that's what the Bible says. At one moment, through, um, through Christ's life, numerous times, the Father says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased with. And the father is well pleased with how his son has obeyed, right? How his son has been the perfection. He's, he's the perfect one. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. And he says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased with. But then in the passion, right, things shift and they turn. And now Jesus is giving himself up. He's laying his life down for his sheep, for everyone who would believe in him by faith. Those who would recognize that they are Romans 3, right? That they, they are Romans, uh, Romans 3, 10 through these verses. And they say, this is me. How can I be saved? Mm-hmm. And what's happening is, is, is that person, this is my testimony. This is your testimony. This is everyone who's recognized that they're a guilty sinner before God. Is that all four walls around them, there's no way out. Yeah. And there's no way down. But then they look up. Right? And the only way up is to God. Right? The only way up is to say, God, please help me. Yep. I'm a sinner. Please have mercy on me. I have sinned against you. I have broken your law in this way. I have, I have murdered. I have committed adultery. I have been a fornicator. I've been a liar. I've been, a, I've been all of these things. God, please have mercy on me. A guilty sinner. Right? I believe in your son. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he rose again from the grave. Please save me. And when that happens, the doors swing open, right? And you are declared righteous. You are justified. You are forgiven. You are washed. You are clean. You are totally free from the punishment of sin, from the power of sin, and one day ultimately from the presence of sin. And in that moment, a heart change happens. Ezekiel 36, he takes out the heart of stone, and he gives you a heart of flesh. And he causes you to, causes you to obey his statutes, right? It causes you to obey his laws mm-hmm. and to, to walk in his ways. And now that, that man, that woman who hated God, wanted nothing to do with God, was disobedient to God, now has this yearning and desire to follow God. Because Christ first loved us, now we love Him. Mm-hmm. And now we follow not the law of God by the way of works, but we follow the law of love, right? We now obey God through love for Him because He first loved us. And so now we are fulfilling the law of God by loving God and loving neighbor, People who have been born again and who have had a heart change don't murder people, right? They don't, they don't go on murdering people, right. right? They're not going around making a practice of lying. 
They're not making a practice of sexual immorality. They are putting that away because they have believed the gospel. They believe the good news about Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, not only from the punishment of sin, but from the power of sin. You will have a changed life. Mm -hmm. He changes your heart right now, right? It's not going to be changed. He is changing it. And, you know, the, the, uh, a lot of, uh, you say, evangelists or calls and, and, and gospel calls or maybe even the preaching sometimes um, gets uh, muddied up and dumbed down to just, hey, accept this uh, message, sign your name here, and then keep living the way you lived before. But Jesus says, no, you have to give up everything. Mm-hmm. You have to come and die. You have to, you have to be ready to, to turn away from all of your sin. You have to be ready to give up your whole life and come follow me because that is a person who has had a heart change, someone that truly loves God because he has loved us, right? And so um, in verse 20, I'll read 24 again. Actually, let me go back to verse 22. It says, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified, declared righteous by His grace as a gift. Basically, you can read verse 24 and say that we are declared righteous by God's grace, or you could say, I'm sorry, justified by His, by as a gift gift, right? Because grace is a gift. It's called, it's grace is undeserved privilege. We don't deserve and we cannot earn God's grace. But he gives us his grace as a gift. And how does he give it to us? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. When we believe in him by faith, that is when we received reconciliation. That is when we receive declared righteousness, or we, we, we are justified. Whom God before it as a propitiation oh, by sorry. his blood to be received <laughs> by faith. This was to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance, he passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time uh, so that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Remember, God just doesn't look away from sin. God must, I say this all the time, God must, a holy and righteous and just God must punish sin. That sin that you have committed deserves punishment. And it's either going to fall upon you, the wrath of God will either fall upon you, or it fell upon Christ Mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago. Which one are you going to choose? Right? It's either all of Christ or it's all of you. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And, And here's the thing. It's either I'm trusting in Christ for forgiveness of sins completely. His life he lived, his perfect sinless life, is now credited to us as righteousness. There's nothing I can do. Nothing that can earn the righteousness or add to the righteousness. It is completely by the person and work of Jesus Christ, right? And his death on the cross was the payment. And his resurrection from the grave is the proof that he is God. And he has the power to forgive sin and he has power to give eternal life, right? And now, and this is important, that Jesus didn't stay here, right? He ascended and sits at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord of Lord and King of Kings now, right? He has all authority and power now. And because of that, we serve him as Lord, right? And you know Romans 10 where it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
that lordship is that he is lord of everything. He is lord of all. He is lord of my mind. He is lord of my actions. He is lord of my words. No longer do I live like this anymore. I turn from that and I live following Christ, right? And so the heart change, right? The heart condition. We can't do that on our own. It's impossible to do that on our own. Right. It's impossible to work our way towards God. We must humble ourselves before God, submit to him, and ask him and beg him to forgive us and follow him. And then it goes on in verse 27. It says, then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. We can't boast about anything. Why am I saved? Because Jesus Christ saved me. Right. I did nothing. I did nothing to be saved. I believed in him by faith. I believed in him by faith. That's it. That's all, that's all anyone has ever done to be saved. It is excluded by what kind of law? By law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified. That word justified means declared righteous. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Now, here's a sticky point right here. A lot of times people say, when we get saved, the law doesn't matter anymore. No, the law doesn't matter anymore through, uh, for salvation, right? No one was ever saved through the law. Remember, the law was only to show us Right, was only to show us our sin, right? But people will say, no, we don't have to live according to the law anymore. The law doesn't matter anymore, right? The law still matters, right? Yeah. Uh, Christ fulfilled the law. He didn't abolish the law, right? And Paul agrees with them. He says, once we're saved, now the heart change, right? You had a heart of stone, but now you have a heart of flesh, and now you have a heart of flesh that loves God's law. You see, you don't want to murder anymore. You agree with God's law. Yeah. Thou shalt not murder. You don't want to lie anymore, right? Thou shalt not lie. You don't want to steal anymore. Thou shalt not steal, right? You don't want to commit adultery anymore. Thou shalt not commit adultery, right? All of these things, these, you have a new desire in you that actually wants to fulfill the law, to uphold the law, right? Do we sin? Yes, we do. But now we have the Spirit of God in us, right? who has caused us to be born again, now we actually are able to, to live out the way we were supposed to be before God saved us, right? right? And so this is the heart condition and how God, through the gospel, changes the heart condition, right? And so the, what is the, the, the great problem we have today? It's pouring outside I right know, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the great problem we have today is that we have people who are sinners that are separated from God and they need a heart transplant. They need a heart transplant. Mm -hmm. And when you tell a person that is not born again, you tell a person that uh, murdering is, is against God's law and thou shall not murder, they laugh at you. Mm -hmm. They don't care, right? The only reason that they probably won't go further in their sin is because they're afraid to go to jail. Right. And so we have laws of the land that keep uh, people from doing certain things. Right. And the law does stop us because we're afraid of the punishment of what we uh, might do. Right. right. Uh, or what might happen to us. I'm sorry. Correct. Right. But the thing is, is that that is not how we're supposed to live. 
right? We're supposed to, we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? Well, we can't love our neighbor as ourselves correctly until we first love God. And how can we love God? The Bible tells us that we don't, right? The only way is through God's grace, right? Regenerate heart. Yeah. The only way is through, through regeneration, right? Mm-hmm. Through, so b- before a person is born again, they're not going to have the desire to, to live according mm-hmm. to the Spirit. The Spirit of God doesn't live in them. Uh, the Spirit of God does not obey God's law, nor, nor can it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't want to. And so the, the answer, uh, and I know this sounds like, oh, here's the simple answer, Kevin. Yeah, you just, you just know the answer to save the whole world. Yeah, I do. Christ is reconciling the whole world to himself. And how did he do it? Through the cross, right? He did it through the cross. Mm-hmm. It is that simple. Is that you must acknowledge before God that you are a sinner and that, that you deserve his wrath and his punishment. And you need to repent. And you need to turn to Christ and beg him to save you and believe the gospel. Believe that Christ died for your sins and turn and, and follow him. Get in his word, trust in him. Turn from sin, follow him, you know, it kind of rhymes, you know, but, um, and this is what happens. Now, here's the thing. Some people won't believe. They just won't. But I am not ashamed of the gospel, just like Paul, because I know that it is the power of God's salvation. I, I have been saved. I have been saved. I admit that God has saved me. He's transformed my mind, transformed my heart. Do I see my sin in my life every day? Absolutely, but he has saved me, and I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation, and I have been saved, right? And everyone who has been saved also says the same thing. And, and the Bible says, in, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians, that the cross, uh, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Mm-hmm. So when you preach the cross to someone and they just look at you and they laugh and they go, that's just not for me. That person's perishing. Mm -hmm. But when a person preaches the cross and it strikes you to your heart and you just are like, yes, he saved me. He's my God. He's my Lord. He's everything to me. Thank you, Jesus. It's the power of God. And you know the transformative work that God does in a person's heart. Takes a, takes a heart of stone out, gives them a heart of flesh. Takes a person from darkness to light. Takes a person from death to life. This is the answer to the human condition. Yep. you have anything to add? You did a really good job. Well, that's not what I was doing it for. <laughs> <laughs> I think you pretty well covered a lot. <laughs> okay, you have nothing to say? Just that, I mean, you pretty much hit on it that, you know, if we don't go out and tell people the gospel, then then they won't hear it. So that is how the world has changed, that Christians stand up and go out and share the good news of, of Christ, and, and he'll save those who will believe. Amen. And how... How's it going to change? Some people might live in a pessim- pessimistic mindset. I don't. Uh, for a little while, I did. And uh, then I realized Christ is king, and he's reconciling the world to himself. And so we have already won. So how the heck can I be pessimistic? Yeah. Right? I know God will save his people. Mm-hmm. Right? And I know his people are out there. And so, Christian, brother and sister in Christ, rejoice in the fact that you are saved 
right? That that King Jesus sits on the throne, that he has all authority and power in heaven and on earth. Now go and tell everyone that he is who he says he is, Mm -hmm. that he sits on the throne, that he rose again from the grave. And then if you would repent and believe the gospel, he'll save you and change your life and transform a person from an, into a new creation. And And don't fear the ones that can harm your body. Yes. Don't, what does it say? Don't, don't, uh, don't fear the one that can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill soul, both soul and body in hell. Yes. Amen. All right. Well, I guess I, I guess that covers it. So, uh, if this is the first time you guys are seeing us, uh, go to our website, www.makehisnameknown.com. Um, go there. We've got videos. We've got more podcasts. All the videos we've ever made. Uh, some of our street um, uh, evangelism, uh, talking to people on the street at uh, the abortion mills, and um, c- confronting people um, about uh, uh, abortion. Uh, some of those pro-choice, pro-choice people, uh, and we um, confront them about uh, their why they believe what they believe, and and show them the word of God. And and uh, so uh, those might be helpful uh, for witnessing the people. Uh, what we do is we confront people in their unbelief, and we tell them, look, this is what you believe. But the, the Word of God says this, and this is the gospel, and God's commanded everyone, everyone everywhere to repent and believe the gospel and, and turn to Him. And so uh, check those videos out on there. We're on YouTube. Make His name known on YouTube as well. And um, I don't think I have anything else. I think that's it. You all have a good one. Night. Yeah.